Praise the Lord. Amen. God bless all of you this morning. Thank you so very much for being here with us today. Those joining us online, God bless you as well. Amen. This is a very special service for us. This service we are honoring our veterans. Veterans are, as some of you already know, a unique breed of animal. Uh, They're a little bit different than the, the average person. Amen. So we want to give honor to them today. The sacrifices that they've made, some more than others. Amen. Uh, before we start our service, though, we have just a couple of announcements. On November 12th, uh, we're going to have men's prayer here at the church, 8 a.m. Men, please be here. Uh, we're going to be discussing the book. Maybe. Be ready to do that, just in case. Amen. The first chapter of the book, Dominion. Amen. If you don't have that book, please see Brother DeMuth. Uh, he'll square you away on that. Also, December 4th, uh, we are going to be uh, introducing the uh, Tupelo gift cards. Amen. Uh, it's an offering to Tupelo Children's Mansion. And uh, maybe this is a good time to say, you know, we have a lot of offerings during the year. Uh, it seems like there's always an offering being taken up at one point or another. And um, when we present these offerings, I, I don't want us to feel guilted into giving. I don't want us to feel like, oh, man, how am I going to make all these offerings? Uh, just pray about it. And if God leads you to give, uh, most certainly uh, obey the, the prompting of the Holy Ghost. Uh, but if He doesn't, then feel free to, to spend that on whatever God tells you to spend it on. Um, we are just presenting these opportunities to you, an opportunity to give to, to various things. Uh, we are not, we are not uh, forcing you for sure. Uh, we're not asking that you give to everyone necessarily. Uh, but give as you feel led to give. And, and don't feel guilty about that, okay? That's all, I'm, that's all I'm saying on that. Amen. It's a joy to give to the, to the work of God. And it should remain that way. Amen. All right. So let's all stand. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. We have an exciting service planned, uh, if the Lord wills. Otherwise, the Lord's going to do something else, and that's that's always good too. Amen. Uh, So we're going to pray, and we're going to ask God's hand of blessing on this, that God would minister here, uh, and that we would do as good a job as possible to give honor, to give reverence to those who have laid down their lives All of us temporarily, some gave the ultimate price. Amen. So we want to give honor to our veterans today. We want to give honor to the Lord Jesus Christ today and every day. Amen. Lord Jesus, You're an awesome God. You're a wondrous, glorious Savior, and we heap glory and honor unto You. Thank You, Jesus, for this opportunity You've given us today to enter into the presence of Almighty God. Again, what an awesome opportunity we have today. What an awesome privilege You've given us. Praise God. I pray, Lord, for this service. We have a plan in place. We have an order of service. But, Lord, if you will, you can interrupt at any time. This is your service. We are your people. This is your church. Minister here according to your perfect will. Minister here according to our desperate needs today. I pray, Lord, that we would bind together as one and enter into the presence of God from this point forward to lift up the name of Jesus Christ, to give worship and praise unto the Most High today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's worship and praise God today because He is worthy. 
please uh, please join with us in singing these. Uh, they're going to be on the projector here. Go ahead and turn that up just a little bit. Jesus' name. Just my children and my wife. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Cause the flag still stands for freedom and they can't take that away. And I'm proud to be an American when at least I know I'm free. But I won't forget the men. There ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. From the lakes of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee, across the plains of Texas. From sea to shining sea, from Detroit down to Houston, and New York to L.A., there's pride in every American heart, and it's time we stand and say.
Just trying to be a father, raise a daughter and a son, be a lover to their mother, everything to everyone. Up and out on bright and early, I'm all business in my suit. Yeah, I'm dressed up for success, from my head down to my boots. I don't do it for the money, there's bills that I can't pay. 
I don't do it for the glory. I just do it anyway. Providing for our future, my responsibility. Yeah, I'm real good under pressure, being all that I can be. I can't call in sick on Mondays when the weekend's been too strong. I just work straight through the holidays, sometimes all night long. You can bet that I stand ready when the wolf growls at the door. Hey, I'm solid, hey, I'm steady, hey, I'm true down to the core. And I will always do my duty, no matter what the price. I've counted up the cost, I know the sacrifice. Oh, and I don't want to die for you, but if dying's asking me, I'll bear that cross with honor, cause freedom don't come free. I'm an American soldier, an American, beside my brothers and my sisters, I will proudly take the stand. When liberty's in jeopardy, I will always do what's right. I'm out here on the front line, sleep in peace tonight. American soldier, I'm an American soldier. have all the veterans come up. Sister Rudy, if you could come. Come up to the front. Amen. Hallelujah. Didn't time that right, but <laughs> Jesus name. When America had an urgent need, these brave ones raised a hand. No hesitation held them back. They were proud to take a stand. They left their friends and family. They gave up normal life. To serve their country and their God, they plowed into the strife. They fought for freedom and for peace on strange and foreign shores. Some lost new friends. Some lost their lives in long and brutal wars. Other veterans answered a call to support the ones who fought. Their country had requirements 
for the essential skills they brought. We salute every one of them, the noble and the brave, the ones who still with us are here today, and those who rest in a grave. So here's to our country's heroes. They are cut above the rest. Let's give the honor that is due to our country's very best. Praise God. Okay, one more YouTube video honoring veterans. Raise your right hand and repeat after me. I say your name. Do you solemnly swear? Support and defend. The Constitution of the United States. Against all enemies. Foreign and domestic. And to bear true faith. And allegiance to the same. Then I will obey. The orders of. The President of the United States. And the orders of. Those officers. Appointed over me. According to regulations. And uniform code of military justice. So help me God. celebrate Veterans Day on the anniversary of the armistice that ended World War I, the armistice that began on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. The timing of this holiday is quite deliberate in terms of historical fact, but somehow it always seems quite fitting to me that this day comes deep in autumn when the colors are muted and the days seem to invite contemplation. It is, in a way, an odd thing to honor those who died in defense of our country, in defense of us, in wars far away. The imagination plays a trick. We see these soldiers in our mind as old and wise, but most of them were boys when they died, and they gave up two lives, the one they were living and the one they would have lived. When they died, they gave up their chance to be husbands and fathers and grandfathers. They gave up their chance to be revered old men. 
They gave up everything for our country, for us. And all we can do is remember. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. In memory of those who gave the last full measure of devotion, may our efforts to achieve lasting peace gain strength. Let us make a vow to our dead. Let us show them by our actions that we understand what they died for. Strengthened by their courage, heartened by their value, and born by their memory, let us continue to stand for the ideals for which they lived and died. defending freedom in its hour of maximum danger. I do not shrink from this responsibility. I welcome it. I do not believe that any of us would exchange places with any other people or any other generation. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. All through human history, there have been wars. In these wars were men who either volunteered or were forced to fight on the front lines of these wars. In whatever capacity they were there, they were called on to sacrifice. In modern times, the most difficult struggles, the greatest challenges our nation faced, has been met by men and women who have chosen to sacrifice, have chosen to suspend their own hopes and dreams for the future for a greater good. Some have paid the ultimate price so that you and I can enjoy the freedoms we enjoy here in the United States today. But it wasn't just those who fought who have had to sacrifice. Those left behind are also called on to give, to sacrifice, to do without, so that others can go and serve on those front lines. It is these men and women that we choose to honor today. My wife and I are up here. We're going to relate differing perspectives of those affected by war, struggle, by those who threaten our nation and our way of life, the children of those who go, those who go themselves, and those who stay behind. First, the perspective of the child. I've never done a 10-mile march or run. I never woke up at 5 a.m. for PT. I never pulled CQ. But 
as a military brat, I'm familiar with those disciplines. Not sure why they call us brats, but that was a term that was always given to the children of a military parent. And I never realized that it was, until I was older, that it was actually a derogatory term. (laughs) But a military child is going to know the lingo. Especially, um, well, from my perspective, being a child of a father in the army, I know that your job is your MOS. So I would say, hey, what was your MOS? Where did you go to AIT? Oh, is that a TDY? Oh, you're moving? Is it a PCS? So the veterans know what I'm talking about, a temporary duty or a permanent change of station. I also understood that if I was on post in the evening, they began playing taps. The flag was lowered. Everything stopped. If you were in a car, your car pulled over, you got out, you saluted. A military child is going to watch time and time again as their parent boards a plane to leave for months or maybe even years at a time. The video we just saw was really a great depiction. You know, a child watching, not knowing for sure when their dad's coming home or if they're coming home, especially in a wartime. They're going to be disappointed knowing that their dad's not going to be there for their recital or for their sports game, their big game, or for their birthday, or for Christmas. And the goodbyes aren't just reserved for their parents, but they had to say goodbye to their friends as well. Because either they were moving, or their friends were moving every year, every two years. Um, So military children don't have the luxury of a lifelong friend. You know, they they can't say, hey, we've been friends since kindergarten. The only way they can say that is if they're currently in first or second grade. Anything beyond that, you can't say that. Because even with best intentions, correspondence dies. They might even spend their senior year for the first time at that high school. So class reunions mean absolutely nothing to a military child. And not only friends, military children don't have the luxury of being close friends with their cousins or their extended family because most of the time they don't live anywhere close by. If they're lucky, they might see them once a year. Some, it may be every two, every three, every four, depending on where their parent is stationed. And my husband may not have grown up in the military, but he did join the Army right out of high school. And he can give that perspective. Those that do join up for military service, they join up for a variety of reasons. Um, I can't say that I knew a whole lot of people that actually signed up because they were willing to die for their country. That's why they signed up. Mostly it was GI Bill college fund. Uh, For me, 
Uh, you already know why I joined up. <clears throat> I'm still waiting for that to come true. <laughs> any case, uh, it did serve to get me out of the house, which is what I wanted. Uh, I didn't have anything else lined up, no other way to get out of the house, so it seemed like the thing to do. Uh, but, you know, as, as time progresses, it's, it, it, it becomes something more. It becomes something that uh, you, you kind of take pride in. And the idea that I'm part of something bigger than myself. The idea that, uh, you know, if, if you can get out of your trench for just a moment uh, and see the bigger picture, you begin to understand, and it's hard for a private to do that, because they're digging a foxhole, they're policing up a, a parade ground, you know, whatever it might be. And it's hard to see the bigger picture, but you're part of something that is so vitally important. And it's important because, well, since the fall in the Garden of Eden, uh, fallen nature has been such that might makes right. And if you have a, a, a force that's opposing you, that's stronger than you, they're going to impose their will on you. Period. And so, as nations organized, the United States organized, it was determined that we need a force that can resist that. That can resist someone coming in and trying to take away our way of life. And the military person is on that wall, standing on a wall, guarding. It's a, uh, I've heard the analogy that, you know, uh, uh, sheepdogs. Sheepdogs are there to guard the sheep. And I said earlier that, that the typical veteran is, is kind of a different breed of animal. I would lump uh, law enforcement into there as well. You know, a lot of people, when the shooting starts, they want to run the opposite way that the shooting is, is taking place. But the military individual, they're trained to run toward the fighting. Because that's, that's where my position is. That's where I need to be. That's where the enemy is. And so it's my responsibility to take care of that situation, whatever it might be. And so, at the end of the day, that's why people are recruited. That's why people join up. It's to stand on that wall to protect freedom, to protect liberty. Uh, when they go, they're leaving behind as a lot of you already know, family, friends, uh, you're putting some dreams on hold for a little while. Uh, if anyone was drafted into the service, uh, you kind of went unwillingly. You went in because you were told to. Uh, and so, I mean, that individual is really putting some dreams on hold while they're taking care of that obligation. And... It's not always easy. It was easy, easier for me. Uh, I wanted to leave the house. I was 18, headstrong, you know, full of myself, and I was ready to take on the world <clears throat> until I got to my first day of basic. I don't mind saying that I, I sat in a corner and I cried a little bit because this is not what I was expecting. 
It was it was a it was an awakening. It was it was reality. Slapped me up alongside the forehead. And uh I got over it. I grew a lot and kind of fell into step with everything else. But the military, whatever branch of service you join, their job in basic training is to transform you from a civilian to an airman, a civilian to a, a seaman, a civilian to a soldier. That's their job. They don't have a lot of time to do it, and so they have to break you down fast and build you up quick. So sometimes you don't get a lot of time for introspection, a lot of time to sit down and, man, I'm missing a lot at home. I know military people all through the ages, their best friend was the letter, mail call. I was looking at different letters, different correspondence, uh, all the way from the Civil War on up. One guy wrote and said, I would rather have a letter than clothes. It's hugely important. And if you've been there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Those, those letters coming from, from friends or family, those are so important to the, the soldier, to the, the man or woman who, who's away serving. And it's because they miss that. They miss that individual. They miss what they had before. Especially if you're married. I couldn't imagine going in uh, as, as a, a married man with kids. That has got to be tough. That has got to be tough. So those joining, those going, they leave behind a lot. Even in, even in peacetime. They're sacrificing. They're putting hopes and dreams on hold. Their families' hopes and dreams on hold while they go to serve. Those in a wartime situation, so much the more so. In a wartime situation, there is a real possibility that that individual is not ever going to come home. Sit down for a moment and think. Would you volunteer for a job where you have a significant percent chance of dying? What would make someone do that? What would drive someone to literally lay down their lives for something as ambiguous, something as nebulous as freedom, peace, Those that are left behind, they have the time to be thinking about that stuff. To be thinking about what my husband's going through. What my parent is going through. They have time to think about in a wartime situation. I hope I get a letter soon. I hope I can hear from him just, just to know he's okay. Just to know he's still alive. My wife will come here and, and give us the perspective of the wife, of those that are left behind when someone goes to serve. I think he forgot that he did leave or join the military with a family. 
(laughs) So he actually does know what it's like because seven years into our marriage, he went into the Air Force. It was supposed to be the reserves, supposed to be a weekend warrior. But they had other plans, and he became more of a weekend dad. Um, He was basically activated. Um, So I went from the perspective of a child and, and seeing my mom go through the things with my dad and, you know, kind of seeing some of her emotions when I was a kid when my dad came home and said he was on alert, not knowing what that meant. But seeing the look and the reaction of my mom knew it must be something serious. And we did find out later that that meant he couldn't go anywhere because they may be calling him up and sending him overseas into some kind of a conflict. But as the wife, I realized that I was the sole disciplinarian of our children. I was responsible for everything. Um... And, you know, living on, if you live on post, just like as a child, you're away from your family. You're away from all things familiar. You don't know who to turn to for help when you need simple household repairs or car repairs. You know, kind of wondering, is the mechanic going to take advantage of me because I don't know anything about cars and I'm a woman. You know, you always hear that they take advantage of women. And... Not fully understanding what your husband's going through when they are deployed, whether it be in a combat role or just a TDY. You, sometimes you become resentful, thinking, well, they're living a single life. They don't have to worry about the bills because I'm taking care of it. They don't have to worry about the kids. I'm the one dealing with feeding them, clothing them. Uh, they're sick. You know, wiping their noses when they're throwing tantrums, dealing with that. So they can kind of become resentful. Or (laughs) a personal example, if you're in the dead of winter, a Minnesota winter, and they're in Puerto Rico with 80-degree weather, sitting out in the middle of the night, oh, it's hot. Oh, sorry, 90 degrees. You know, so as a wife, you know, there's just so many emotions. You miss your husband. You want them there because they're missing all the first with their kids. And I, I know some of my friends have actually had their children while their husbands were away. So the men didn't even get to see the baby the first time. But sometimes they come home, they're already a year old and already walking. So there are a lot of sacrifices, not just for those that go, but those that stay. So we understand freedom isn't free because someone has to pay the price, whether it's on the front lines or whether it's back at home. But we all get to enjoy that gift of freedom because of the sacrifices of men and women that are willing to lay down their lives for our country. While we're just going through therapy, she's, she's almost completely over all of that. Amen. <laughs> but not quite yet. <laughs> yeah, that, that was hard. It was hard uh, 
because especially um, later on we were in North Carolina and uh, through a series of unfortunate events, I, I thought I was out, but I wasn't, so I got back in and I was sent to Illinois to the TACC uh, there in, uh, by St. Louis. I can't remember the city now. But uh, I was gone full time. Uh, when the family could, they'd, they'd come and visit. And I got, I got to the point where it was a little bit irritating when the family came to visit because I was all by myself. And when I went, uh, when we were together, my wife and I, we'd both get irritated because she's used to me not being there now. And the kids, I had a really sweet setup there for living quarters. And uh, there were other people that were working all kinds of shifts, and the, the kids were kids. I mean, they were boys, small boys, rambunctious, run, scream. And I was always, I was nervous every minute of every day that I was going to get some complaints, and I was going to get kicked out of my sweet gig here, and I was going to get sent to some stupid hotel, and that was going to be it. And so uh, I was frustrated at the fact that I was frustrated. Uh, and when we did, after that was all done and, and we did get back together, it took a while to integrate again. Uh, because again, I'm used to living all on my own now. And she's used to me not being there and just doing things. And so it was really weird for a little while. Uh, but that is at least a typical example of what happens during a deployment. Um, freedom is not free. We like to think, you know, people scream today, peace and safety. You know, uh, take away all the guns and then everyone will be safe. Um, just, you know, drug everybody up with medication and, and, and there will be no more crime. You know, they got all these ideas and all, all of these. But, folks, the fact of the matter is there is no peace and safety. Not till Jesus comes. Uh, until then, it's, it's conflict. It's struggle. When people have opposing ideas, we've seen what happens. People don't just sit down at a table anymore and talk it out. They take up a Molotov cocktail and throw it through your, your shop window. That's the way people resolve conflicts today. And so it takes an individual that's willing to wade into that and resolve the conflict with force. I don't know, I, don't, I hope this doesn't step on people's theology, but force is the only way to guarantee freedom. Force of arms. It's the only way to do it. Yeah, peace through strength. Pax Romana. And so that's why we have individuals that go. That's why we have individuals that stay behind and let others go. They sacrifice so that others can enjoy the freedom that we enjoy today. The horrors of wartime service, particularly so. Those that go into wartime. Most of us here today uh, served in a peacetime capacity. There are those here that served in war. And that is an entirely different animal. Entirely different. Entirely different situation. I pulled out a couple of letters that were written during the, uh, the Civil War 
to loved ones from soldiers. They're a bit graphic, forgive that, but folks, this is war. This is what happens in war. It's not Rambo. That's not war. This is war. First letter from a Union soldier named Sullivan Ballou to his wife Sarah on July 14, 1861, says this, If it is necessary that I should fall on the battlefield for my country, I am ready. My courage does not halt or falter. I know how strongly American civilization now leans upon the triumph of the government and how great a debt we owe to those who went before us through the blood and suffering of the revolution. And I am willing, perfectly willing, to lay down all my joys in this life to help maintain this government and to pay that debt. About a week later, he did exactly that. He died in, a, in an offensive. Here's one from a Tennessee infantryman recalling one harrowing Union assault on his company's position. A solid line of blazing fire right from the muzzles of the Yankee guns was poured right onto our very faces, singeing our hair and clothes, the hot blood of our dead and wounded spurting on us, the blinding smoke and stifling atmosphere filling our eyes and mouths, and the awful concussion, causing the blood to gush out of our noses and ears, and above all, the roar of battle, made it a perfect pandemonium. I asked earlier, what would cause someone to wade into this kind of a situation willingly, knowing that this is a, certainly a possibility Well, John 15:13 says this, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. 1 John 3:16 says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because He laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. It's love, folks. It could be love of country. It could be love of freedom. Love of way of life. Sometimes it boils down to nothing more than love for the individual standing to your right or to your left. Most folks today are probably a bit disillusioned with government. They're not fighting for government. They're not fighting for some nebulous idea of, of liberty. They're fighting because they love the guy standing next to them. It's love that causes us to choose to sacrifice our desires and even our legitimate needs to serve someone else, to minister to someone else. It's love that causes a soldier to leave family, hopes, dreams, and desires to serve their country in time of need. It's love that caused Jesus Christ to come down from glory, wrap Himself in flesh, suffer on a cross, and pay the ultimate price so that you and I can experience freedom ourselves from bondage and from sin. He didn't have to do that, folks. He had no obligation to save me. But He loved me and chose to do so because He loved me, because He loved you. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, all of us, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
remember today as we celebrate and honor our veterans that Jesus loved you. And so He suffered on a cross and died for you so that you can experience freedom and so that you can live with Him forevermore. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, in the Old Testament, many places in the Old Testament speaks of God as being the Lord of hosts. And that word hosts in the Hebrew is translated armies. So He is the God of armies or the Lord of armies. And that's not to disparage any other branch of service, but that's what we have become a part of here in this congregation and all of those around the world that are brothers and sisters that are serving whatever capacity they are in the kingdom. And so I was sitting here thinking as we watching the videos and listening to the pastor and, and about that moment when I stood in that room and I stood, I put my right hand up in the air and I took that oath. Just like all of you that are veterans, you took that oath and you swore to to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And so you, what you did, what we were doing in that room is we were pledging an allegiance to our country, to our fellow countrymen, to our wives and our children that we were leaving behind. We were pledging to go over there, wherever there was, and to go into battle so that we could keep the freedom and liberty we have in this country even today. With all the turmoil going on, we still have the freedom and the liberty to come in this room, in this building today, and do what we're doing without fear of retribution of any kind. And so it's, we're not just in this to be a part of a church congregation, are we? But we, whether you realize it or not, when you came to an altar of repentance, when you prayed that prayer under your breath to yourself and to God that you want to do whatever He want, whatever He wanted you to do, you were willing to do it if He would just fill you with the Holy Ghost. You were, in a sense, pledging allegiance to the Lord. And to, you were placing yourself when we, you know, when we did that, Brother Wayne, we, we, we basically gave up our rights. And we became government property. That's what GI stands for. Government issue. And so we became government property. Everything that we did, said, everywhere we went, everything we wore, everything we ate was governed by those that were put in, in authority over us. And so we've essentially done the same thing. Only we are in an... <clears throat> we've pledged allegiance to something much greater than the United States military. Much greater. And so we're going to do this last video. And... <laughs> I have heard how Christians long ago were brought before a tyrant's throne. They were told that he would spare their lives if they would renounce the name.
Pledge allegiance to 
Father, we love you today. We praise you. We honor you. We bless you. We thank you, Jesus, for your goodness and mercy and grace, O oh God. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. You know, the Bible speaks of that great cloud of witnesses that has gone before us. Some of us can think of people right now. We've lost many this year. There's been some that have recently died. Uh, brother, um, brother Cisco just passed away. He had a lot of, uh, to do with what was going on in, in the gospel with, with regard to the state of Wisconsin and uh, many others. And so uh, we, like they, we, we would consider them maybe what you would call veterans of Pentecost, veterans of what this is that we believe and stand for and has become a part of who we are. So, and I didn't have this scripted, but I just feel like the Lord wants us to come together up here because really everybody in this room right now is a veteran. So if you're a veteran of, of this thing that we believe, I need you to come up front right now. You know, when we joined the military, Brother Becker, we, we became a part not just of a U.S. military, but just like our basic training unit, we became one with those guys. After 8 to 13 weeks, you, you, you could develop a camaraderie and you develop a, a sense that you would do anything for any of those people and they would do anything for you. And that's how we need to be in this last day. We need to be united. We need to be drawn together. And I want us to, I want us to come together. I don't, I don't think it's going to be inappropriate if we could just grab each other's hand or put a, a hand around somebody's shoulder or something like that. And, and we, are, we are a part of something, like I said, He is the Lord of armies and we are His army. Come on, guys. Come on up. Come on up. Carol, come on. Jesus' name. If we can't get together... And do this together. What are we going to do when the when the going gets tough? We're going to need each other. We need each other right now. And I need you to pray for me. And I need you. I need to pray for you. We need to lift each other up in prayer. We need to lift this man up in prayer. We need to lift his wife up in prayer. His kids up in prayer. They, we need each other. We are not islands unto ourselves. If you want to say it this way, we all are in the same unit together. And when you're in a military unit, ever, you don't leave a soldier behind. You will go to battle and you will step on that landmine in the place of your fellow soldier. And we are in a battle. Brother Becker already brought that out. This is a battle. And the enemy is battling for our souls. And we are battling for the souls of this city. And so if we have to be united, we have to be joined together with one another. And so let's just pray right now. Just pray for one another. If you feel to lay hands on somebody, lay hands on. But we just need to pray right now in Jesus' name.
Let's pray, church. Let's pray for each other. Amen. We do so desperately need each other. We cannot do this on our own. We cannot do what God wants us to do on our own. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. I pray, Lord, that Your presence would come down here mightily and wondrously. Lord, that You would speak with Your people this morning, I pray. Help us, Lord Jesus, to enter into the presence of Almighty God as one body. Help us, Lord, to esteem each other better than ourselves. Help us, Lord, to look to the cares and concerns of each other. Lord, give us an attitude, give us a heart, give us a spirit where we are able, where we are willing to set aside our legitimate needs for a season to minister to somebody else's need. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that You would help us to sacrifice and give as You ask. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus, knowing that You will provide every need, knowing, Lord Jesus, that as we submit ourselves to You, You will exalt us and magnify us in Your kingdom and in Your service. Hallelujah, Jesus. But we've got to submit ourselves to You. We've got to get a vision for what You are wanting to do in this city. We've got to get a vision for what You are trying to do in our lives. Help us, I pray. Open our eyes. Open our hearts. Give us understanding, I pray, as to who we are in You. Who are we in You, Thou Most High God? Help us to act and to live and to walk accordingly, according to that knowledge that You give us today. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus, that we are in a battle, that we are in war. We are at war. And You are the Lord God of hosts. You're the God who does battle for us. You're the captain of the armies of Israel. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. You are our commander. You are our general. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus, that You have given us armor appropriate to the task. That You have given us weapons appropriate to the task. That You have given us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That we can love one another to the point where we can sacrifice for each other. That we can give to each other. And that they'll give to me in my time of need. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Ah, Lord God, we give You all glory. We give You all honor. Thank You, Lord, for a spirit of unity in this house, in Your body. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. This house that You have fitly framed together. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. What an awesome opportunity we have, church, to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. He has demonstrated how we are to serve. He's shown us. He doesn't lead from the rear, folks. He's always right out in front. I can respect that. He's gone the way that He's asking us to go. He's experienced everything that we will ever experience and so much more. Not just because He's omniscient, but because He lived it. He lived it in flesh and blood. He's not going to ask anything of us that He hasn't already done that He hasn't already given. Amen. And He loves us. And He wants the very best for us. We can trust Him with our lives. We can trust Him with everything that we have. Praise God. That kind of a situation, it ought to be easy. The decision ought to be easy. If I am persuaded that Jesus loves me, 
more than I love myself, if I'm persuaded that He is absolutely trustworthy, that He wants the very best for me at all times, if I'm persuaded of those things, whatever He asks is going to be easy. Absolutely. Because I want what's best for me. I know I don't know what's best for me. There was a point I thought I did. Nope. Turns out I'm not supposed to be Rambo. <clears throat> I was convinced. Absolutely convinced. But God has the very best for us. And if it seems contrary to those things, if it seems like He's asking too much, if it seems like He's sending us in a direction that I have no business going, well, that's God's business. That's God's business. We need to follow after God. Wherever He leads. Wherever that takes us. And we will have freedom and liberty and we will have fullness of joy. And we will have a, a fulfilling life such as we have never even thought possible. Even in the midst of sorrow. Even in the midst of test and trial. We can experience those things. Because Jesus fights for us. He walks with us. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Thank you all of you who are a part of this service. Thank you all for being here today. Amen. We do reverence and we honor each and every one of you. Our veterans, thank you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for stepping up, stepping out. Amen. We have a meal prepared downstairs. Uh, I think there are people already getting that ready for us. Amen. So, we're going to ask, we're going to pray for the food here in just a second. We ask if you, if at all possible, please come down and enjoy a time of fellowship. <clears throat> Those of you that have hair, let it down. Amen. Those of you that don't, well, you're already taken care of. Amen. God bless all of you. Let's pray over the food. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for all that you've done here today. We ask that you would bless this food, that you would bless this time of fellowship. Help us, I pray, to fellowship one with another in the presence of Almighty God. Help us, Lord Jesus, I pray, to, to commune with each other, to bond with one another, my brothers and my sisters in Christ. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let your presence be felt powerfully, I pray. Bless the food to our bodies. Bless our time of fellowship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.